Welcome to, the, welcome to the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode's interview is with Christina Andersen and is produced in cooperation with Vivolver. Robots in Depth is supported by Aptomica. Visit aptomica.com to connect. You will find all past episodes and more on robotsindepth.com. Welcome to this episode of Robots in Depth. Today I'm honored to have Christina Andersson here and we're going to talk about everything like we usually do but we're also going to start where we usually do. How did you get into this? How did you get to where you were? Where are the, where, where, what was the starting point for you? Yeah, that's so interesting because mm. I'm an educationalist myself. Mm. And I used to be a business consultant in the 90s and I was uh, consulting Finnish big companies, metal and forest and such companies. Mm. And uh, of course, then already I saw robots, mm. but they didn't mean anything because they were just doing one thing and they were like axe and screwdriver and uh, robot. And mm. pff, that's it, mm. nothing special. Mm. Um, but then uh, 2011, we started together with my colleague, adjunct professor, Jari Kaivoja, mm. to write a book which came out, Boho Business. Mm. As Swedes made funky business, so mm. we thought that we must do something more special, mm. more mm. business. Mm. And uh, the sideline or the ingress for that is uh, victory of man over machine, because we mm. saw already then that technology is developing in a way that it can uh, take jobs from us humans in mm. a way we haven't seen before, mm. uh, the key word is autonomous, so mm. that there can be autonomous machines that can also learn and make decisions autonom or, or choose what they are going to do autonomously. Mm. So that was kind of, um, and uh, we saw many, many big things going on. For example, mm. in Foxconn, they said mm. that they were replaced their workers with robots. Mm. South Korean government, 2007, they were talking about ethics in robots, predicting that in 2020, there will be a robot in every home in South Korea. That's mm. huge. Mm. And uh, then finally, EU Commission had uh, started U European Robotics Week mm. in 2010. Mm. And uh, so I thought that, okay, somebody has to do something in Finland. And it was me, I brought this U European Robotics Week to Finland. And 2013, we had the first event uh, one week event and we had thousand visitors then and uh, I saw that people are interested but nobody actually knows anything about it. Th that was kind of early days, 2010s, early 10s mm. there. Uh, but getting people to see robots and that's why I do this series too, to meet roboticists and people working in robotics, also takes away lots of the fear of robotics. I mean, I believe robotics is going to be a wonderful tool from, for people and that uh, using a robot to perform tasks that needs to be done is going to be as natural as using a, a digger to dig a hole rather than a shuffle or even worse with your hands. So um, they're going to be a very powerful tool, but we have to get the understanding of what they can and cannot do uh, and what we need to do as humans to become prolific and skilled users of robots uh, to, to maximize the benefit we get from them, right? Yes, of course. And uh, we also need to have visions mm. where we could use the robots. So for me, there are three big, big things that I want to uh, promote in this world. And one thing is demographies, so that there, there are people are getting older and older, and those pyramids that used to look like this, mm. that the old people were in this peak. Mm. But nowadays it looks like this, so that older people are getting uh, Mm. the majority. Mm. So uh, we need really 
to talk about human values and think about how can we take care of each and everyone on this globe. Mm. Really, we need to develop and use the technology so that there is no human left behind. And mm. I really, really mean it. Mm. Mm. And uh, so that's one big topic. The other one is climate change. Yeah. And uh, we should uh, develop robots that can go and do research in places where people cannot go. Yeah. For example, we have here nearby the dying uh, uh, sea, mm. Baltic mm. Sea, mm. so we could send robots to do research. What is actually going on there? And when we find out the problem, send the robots there where mm. people cannot go. Mm. And it can be seas, deep seas, deep waters, uh, deserts, forests, mm. space, sky, whatever, mm. and send them there and please do repair this. So this is one thing. And the third thing is the democracy of opportunities mm. so that we can really spread education to everybody. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And using robots for tasks that humans can't do or can't do in enough quantity. I mean, if you want to cover the Pacific, mm -hmm. there isn't enough researchers to do no. that. But we can put robots in that situation and get uh, correct data and uh, so that we take the correct decisions and know that our decisions uh, have given us the outcome we, 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 we wanted when we started. Exactly. Uh, and of course, also, there's also the the problem of, of there's tasks that we really can't solve without robotics. I usually take the example of a fire in a house mm -hmm. uh, and we have people in there that we need to assist. But it's also a tough decision to send in a firefighter because they might be hurt. So we have a, a very strong case for uh, helping the people, but we also have a very strong case for not putting additional humans in, in, in harm's way. Mm -hmm. The only answer is a robot, right? Of course. There, there's no other solution. No. And, and, and that means we have this um, opportunity now to address a problem that we prior couldn't do anything about. Yeah, They're absolutely. very hard, but, but if we get there in the end, we've done something that is truly valuable. So when we look at where we should implement robotics, it's very important to involve the people that are local to that problem, if they are elderly, if they're kids, whatever, involve them and we will get to a better result. Yeah, absolutely. And talk about service design mm. and uh, user interface design and mm. all these things. They are absolutely uh, very important. Mm. But then again, when you <coughs> introduce a technology that really can serve, that is good for you and mm. which really solves the problem, then mm. there is no problem to take it into use because mm. just like cell phones, Mm -hmm. In the beginning, there were some people who said, I will never use something like that. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, we are not questioning cell phones. We are no. just, and we want the newest model. And so will happen also with robotics. We mm -hmm. see that, okay, this robot is solving my problem. It's washing my, uh, oh, it's washing my dishes already. Mm -hmm. But it can wash my windows, or it can mm -hmm. do this, and it can do that. And I will have no problems in using them and mm -hmm. having them. Mm -hmm. Because it makes my life better. Mm -hmm. I have more time to do what I love. Yeah, of course. And, and, and as long as we feel in control over the robot, that's not going to be a problem, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I, I know this from, from the vacuum cleaner robots that mm -hmm. one um, family said that they got the kids to pick up all their toys because otherwise they had to vacuum clean themselves. <laughs> so instead of they got it, say, ah, if I keep the, the floor clean, the robot will do it. Mm -hmm. So that was a bonus, yeah, right? That's really a bonus. <laughs> yeah, and, and we see lots of these unexpected consequences of mm -hmm. 
introducing robots into a particular context of for instance i know that when they introduced automated vehicles in mines you know driving these huge trucks mm -hmm. the tires are very very expensive and one of the most expensive consumables uh, on top of fuel i would presume um, so they usually use women drivers because they were kinder to the tires okay but hmm. the robots were even better really yeah okay so what made the people sign on the dotted line with this robotics company was the fact that they saved more money in tires than the robot cost them uh, and that's a quite a short horizon i mean okay. they wear out a set of tires reasonably quickly right mm -hmm. and they are many hundreds of thousands of dollars yes yes to yes. change so there's often a very odd reason to why robotics is is a good fit for a particular problem mm. Yes, but uh, the cost, cost saving is a good reason to have a mm. robot also and uh, mm. of course when we talk about elderly care for example mm. so it sounds very harsh to talk about mm. business and money and savings but on the other hand if you for example think about an elderly person who mm. has five visits from a home care center mm. during the day mm. and with the, if with the help of robot we could uh, for example have two visits only mm. per day so uh, that is a really a cost saving but mm. also this elderly person could have better communication and presence from that person who comes only twice a day mm. and it's a question of dignity also mm. when you think that if the person comes there only when you need to go to the toilet so uh, that's actually not what you want no or especially not the 20th time you do that in no. the night right no you want to go to the toilet yourself and take mm. care of your intimate things yeah. yourself yeah. and you want to eat yourself yeah. Uh, when you want to, not when yeah. somebody else tells you to. Exactly. Yeah. And so then, for example, medication. Mm. There are now uh, drug dispenser robots, mm. and uh, humans make so many mistakes mm. with uh, this medication. Which is very serious. It's very serious. Mm. So there are actually there are things where we need to get humans out of the loop, and that mm. is, for example, the drugs. Mm. And uh, so when we do this, we we increase the quality of life of this uh, mm. elderly person mm. or other person who needs mm. this mm. and save costs at the same time so mm. it's actually win-win situation yeah and if we then say that we have a certain budget for something if we instead of helping them with very basic things that mm -hmm. they might even prefer a robot to do of course we can spend the same money maybe taking a walk with them or bringing them to a shop that they like to visit yes. we could not only save money but we could spend the money we spend better for this person right yeah absolutely so, absolutely yeah. so this is absolutely a win-win situation and mm. uh, so but uh, one problem what i have now found out is that uh, for example in the municipalities mm? uh, in a social and healthcare sector mm. so their investment competence is not so good because they are looking only at the price of the robot and comparing mm. it to the Mm. wages of one person mm. and you cannot you, you cannot actually uh, count the investment like that mm. but you need to see the broader picture mm. and for example in rehabilitation mm. uh, with the help of a robot you can rehabilitate uh, for example a, a person with a brain injury back to normal life mm. better than with human therapists mm. so and uh, everybody wins because uh, it's it's truly, truly expensive to have a person lying in bed in a hospital like this mm. when 
after rehabilitation she or he could live normal life. Mm. It's also of course an enormous improvement of life quality for it that is person. A person mm. and whole his family and mm. everybody. So mm. this is something that we really should it's not only the cost doesn't come only from the robot mm. but it's an investment and uh, then you need to see all the benefits. Mm and see where the money actually is flowing and mm. the money is flowing in the society in many places when the human being is not capable of taking care of mm. herself. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I think we have a very strong argument for doing this and I think the, the, the best argument is the fact that the, the old, the, some mm. old people want it and I mean yes. we have to respect their wishes, right? Not all might want it, but, but and, I, it, and I think also that we will be able to get beyond these initial problems we have because we're going to do tests. And, mm -hmm. and when we do tests, we see that robotics systems are quite often much more popular than mm -hmm. we believed to start with. I know this from, from an American hospital mm -hmm. that where they, many years ago, like five, six years ago, they started to introduce automated distribution of food within the hospital. Mm -hmm. So an automated uh, tug came, uh, came down to the, 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 the kitchen loaded up all the food and brought it to the ward, to, yes. the, to the department of, of the hospital um, automatically. So instead of somebody going down there getting it, uh, this, that was done automatically. And in the beginning of the introduction of these systems into the hospital, other people started to try to play with the robot. And mm -hmm. I mean, they thought the robot was kind of a science fiction robot that would talk to them or would do something. Of course, it is, it's, it, it's a glorified ra radio controlled car, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's a fantastic solution to a very real problem, but it isn't R2-D2, right, or C-3PO. Mm -hmm. But after a couple of weeks, people started to view the robot as something novel, something new, but something very productive. And more and more groups started to say, well, can I have a robot helping me? Because mm. they had seen this benefit that this group had, and now they wanted the same thing. Yes. Uh, so I think you, you mentioned that South Korea said, that by 2020, most Korean households will have a robot in their house. I think that when we have a robot that assists us with something practical, for instance, I use a uh, vacuum cleaner robot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do that much of my vacuum cleaning, maybe five or 10%, but it does do five or 10%. Yeah, and does. that's it does. 10% I don't have to do, right? Yeah. Um, I see this immediate benefit, right? It is. And, and that means I want more, right? So yeah. I'm going to do the lawnmower robot. And the more and more people that have their first robot, mm -hmm. more and more people are going to create a demand for their second robot and mm. the third robot and the fifth robot. And we're probably also much more likely to pay more for it. Mm -hmm. When we bought our vacuum cleaner robot, we thought it was very expensive. I think that five or 10 years down the line, I will be much more inclined to pay more for a robot because yes. I see the benefit you get from them. Of course. Mm -hmm. But what is even more beneficial is <coughs> that when you can really help somebody to do something he cannot. And mm. it's a great example is in Sweden, there is, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but mm. uh, there is this guy who got from a past uh, post-polio trauma, mm. he got his hands paralyzed mm. and he couldn't eat for himself. Mm. And so his wife was, 
feeding mm, him like this. Mm, mm, and he mm. felt that it's not okay. Even though mm. the wife said that, I love you, I'm happy to feed you mm. and everything. Mm. But anyway, one day went to a restaurant mm. and this happened mm, and, mm, uh, mm. and he was disturbing mm. the wife's uh, rhythm and all this. Mm. So he said to himself mm. that, okay, I'm an engineer. Mm. I can yeah. develop me a robot that can feed me. Mm. And he did so. Mm. And mm. the first robot didn't look so great, but anyway, mm. he went to Robotalen mm. and he said that, look, I'm this guy without his uh, hands mm. and mm. you must help me to create this robot. Mm. So in Robot Darling they said that, uh, that uh, yes, that's great, mm. but I think there are many others who also need this kind of robot. Yeah, and now absolutely. They, and now they have developed this uh, Bestick robot, mm. which uh, can feed like mm. this, mm. and uh, it's very beautiful, it's mm. with design, you can take it to mm. restaurant and put it mm. on the table, and you mm. are there like anybody else, nobody's yeah. doing this, mm. and I visited them. Mm. And uh, so there we were, and mm. uh, he was, and uh, you know, after two or three minutes, we didn't even notice anymore that mm. there was a robot feeding mm. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was like, and that was really, it was, we've, we felt like this is a miracle, you yeah. know, this is something yeah. fantastic what is going on, because then you can really help. And this also helps this person to live independent life. Yeah. They can go to the restaurant by themselves. Yes. They couldn't do that before. Exactly. I'm sure he enjoyed going with his wife, but of course, but you know, you can grabbing a quick quick snack when he was out doing things was yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is this is the fantastic when you can find this innovation that really can make mm. somebody's life better mm. or make a better world mm. or create mm. more learning opportunities. Mm. So I think this is the real, real, real benefit we are gaining from robotics. Mm. And this is the reason I want to talk about it. Mm. Yeah, it is a fascinating area. I have seen something similar to this where the with somebody got a reasonably intelligent prosthetic arm mm -hmm. and uh, he hadn't eaten himself for a decade and uh, yeah and it, what we see here is like we talked about the elderly person um, what we see here is that now his wife can return to being his wife rather mm. than the caretaker exactly. and that's a better relationship for those two right um, so yeah, that, that's very significant. Um, it is. Wh where do you see interesting developments? You know about lots of things that are going on in robotics. What, what excites you right now, right? Well, uh, for me, very exciting is, of course, uh, this uh, cyber thing that where you can, for example, send robotics robots to work autonomously, for example, earthquake or something, mm -hmm. or to space or whatever. Mm -hmm. That is so interesting. Autonomous mm -hmm. interests me very much. Mm -hmm. And it, it interests so much because uh, it's also a little bit frightening because mm -hmm. uh, then the robots will be able to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. So because in the older days, we were asking, what shall we make the robots do? Yeah. But the new question is, what, can, what should we allow them to do? <laughs> and how mm -hmm. can we stop them? Yeah, yeah. So there is a very nice uh, clip in the internet where there is a robot, yeah. uh, well it's just a clip but anyway, yeah. uh, and uh, so the robot starts uh, f speaking some yeah. stupid things about yeah. the, gu the guy next, yeah. next to it and uh, so yeah. the guy pushes the button to yeah. stop the robot. Yeah. And then there is silence yeah. and uh, then the robot says, I saw that you tried to switch me off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's quite funny. Mm. So that's interesting because it's interesting to think what could happen. Mm. But then, of course, those life-saving robots in, uh, in, uh, uh, in the medical sector, for example, tiny nanorobots traveling in your veins to clean mm. your veins from inside and mm. 
robots that get and fight, for example, cancer cells inside mm -hmm. you without any, uh, you know, chemotherapy or any, mm -hmm. you know, like this, so mm -hmm. that it really can be precision medicine and mm -hmm. uh, f predictive medicine and all this. So mm -hmm. this, I think, is very fascinating. We see that both in the eye. I've seen a robot that it's not really a robot, but mm -hmm. it's a device that swims in the eye. And what is definitely a robot mm -hmm. is the one that you can ingest, like one of those yes. pill cameras. But then they assemble in the stomach and in the digestive tract and can do surgery, disassemble. And, and yeah, that's because the problem with, with, with um, surgery to the digestive tract is to get there. Yes. It's very, very challenging. And it's very, uh, they say that a very, very high percentage of the complication and the rehabilitation time yes. doesn't come from the actual surgery of the digestive tract. Exactly. It comes from our way of needing to cut everything to get there. Yes. So if we can do it from the inside, it will be a much easier proposition. Yes, and it's you think about aesthetics and mm. how to get better. For example, if if the surgery is invasive and mm. you need to open the whole mm. chest yeah. in order to fix something in mm. your heart, mm. instead have a robot going in here mm. and mm. just a small hole here mm. and do the thing and come yeah. out. Yeah. So that's obvious that it's better for a human being not to be open like this. Yeah, cuts rehabilitation. Cuts risk, exactly. uh, cuts also um, chronic s symptoms that yes, we suffer from. and sick from. leaves and everything. Yeah, yeah, Be people yeah. get back to work sooner mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, everything that is it's meaningful. Yeah, yeah. What do you see as the main challenges to introduce these systems, mm -hmm. maybe in the home or maybe in SMEs? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, uh, when we think about home or any place, so one mm -hmm. thing, of course, is data, because uh, mm -hmm. robots have sensors. Mm -hmm. And via their sensors, they uh, can collect data. Just There is a data flow, mm -hmm. which is, can be just uninhibited, so that they, they collect all the data. Mm -hmm. And so this data flow is something that... Uh, with the help of uh, edge intelligence must be then uh, somehow analyzed and collected into something what you can use. Mm. But then we need to do know where the data is going, who is using it mm. and for what they are using it. And mm. is there somebody else who is using this data? Mm. So this uh, data ethics, I think, is very, very important. Mm. And I'm so glad to say that in Finland, prime, the prime minister, he he initiated a data politics briefing for the next government. Mm. And that is something what I really appreciate. It's very, very well done. And um, so that's something, data is something. And then, of course, this. Um, uh, I truly br believe that those companies who develop these robots will mm. develop safe robots. Mm. But anyway, uh, cybersecurity is very important. Mm. So you, you cannot leak some leaks you cannot <laughs> you mm. cannot actually you cannot actually be prepared for everything no. but cybersecurity is so important because you if you hack a robot you can mm. make it to a killing machine yeah so that's something with which uh, we should even i think uh, w maybe talk more but also create standards mm. Mm. it has when we talk about it security when we talk about cybersecurity up to now, that has mostly been something that companies do on their own mm. and voluntarily yes. and that they're not tested for. I think, as you say, when it comes to robotics that actually go out there and do things in the real world, there has to be a public standard. There has to be an yes. accountability 
before you let the product out there on the market. That takes into account not only the fact that this is an electric, electric device mm -hmm. like we do today, or that it is uh, a, a regular product. Mm -hmm. A robot is much different from a washing machine or a, a, a computer or a cell phone. They are all tested against the specification so that they can fulfill certain basic demands we mm -hmm, have. It mm -hmm. doesn't say anything about the function. It just says, no. this won't electrocute you, or it won't burn. Mm. Or, or and I think you're very much correct in that, saying that we need extended checks for robots, because they are actually much more potent uh, machines, both for the good and for the bad. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, I can't talk m enough about edge intelligence, so mm. that the robot needs to have its own brain mm. intelligence. For example, a robot car, when mm. it's autonomous. Mm. So it cannot be dependent of cloud intelligence only, yeah. so that the brain would be only in the cloud. Yeah. That's really, really too risky. Mm. Uh, you know, you, the connection is never 100% secure, even though you mm. have 5G or whatever you have. Mm. And then it's uh, vulnerable for hacking. Of mm. course, everything is. But a robot car should at least be able, when it realizes that okay, there is mm. a hacking uh, uh, attempt, mm. to close all all these connections mm. and just use its own brain and minimally just to park safely somewhere, mm. but optimally to drive the person where you know it was going and you know just continue. Mm. So edge intelligence so that it's uh, a car can be in a or car or any robot mm. in the future is a moving processor. Mm. So mm. it's a data processor. So and uh, also if uh, the connection is lost and there is the hacking or anything mm. so we need to be prepared for this. Mm. And edge intelligence is the answer. Mm. But uh, I know that uh, many many think that it's enough that the brain is somewhere in the cloud, but it's not mm. enough. In robotics, no. No, I, I'm, I'm on the same opinion that, that I would never use, uh, for instance, speech recognition or anything like that that isn't, that isn't local. Mm. Uh, that means I'll have to accept the worst performing service, mostly f at least for quite a while. But it's also so that I know that w whatever is recorded by these microphones isn't transmitted somewhere. Mm. Because we know that even if these companies do the best they can to protect us from, from, from le uh, unauthorized access to this data, we just know it's a matter of time before it leaks out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see this sometimes as funny errors. Uh, I heard about uh, a system that recorded 20 minutes of audio and, and emailed it to somebody in the random connect uh, in the random selected from that person's connection list. So they got an audio file with with 20 minutes of people speaking, and oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and that's just by mistake. I yeah, mean, yeah, imagine yeah. that that we have national states trying to perpetrate mm. these crimes. It's an amazing mm. problem. And of course, again, robotics is out there. They can start to act when they mm. can move things in the real world. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And this is something that w there is a huge uh, artificial intelligence hype now going mm. on in Finland. Everybody talks mm. about artificial intelligence and everybody claims that there are artificial mm. intelligence gurus mm. and all that. But artificial intelligence actually is not the solution to the problem what we need to solve because the, our problems are actually in the physical world. Mm. So we can make all these predictions and make predictive in medicine and mm. make 
with the help of the artificial intelligence, the predictive uh, cars, for mm -hmm. example, so mm -hmm. they don't get into accidents anymore. Mm -hmm. So artificial intelligence, but it's only one part of this mm. whole concept. Mm. And the robots are what are putting this data into mm. physical action. And mm. that is what we need, mm. because we are physical beings. And yeah, uh, the world is... Uh, most of most of what we do and what is produced in society has a physical component. Exactly. So uh, I usually take the example of having. Uh, I usually take the example of the internet revolution. Mm -hmm. Email was big part of that. So now we can send the email. It's really quick. We can get it in our cell phones immediately. Very convenient. Mm -hmm. But the economic space that that. Uh, touched is reasonably small. Yep. You and I might have spent a few hundred, uh, maybe a couple of hundred dollars maximum on stamps a year, and that is if we sent a lot of mail. Mm -hmm. um, so it didn't touch that large uh, a part of the economy. But if you go out there and look at the large physical thing, agriculture, infrastructure, construction, uh, logistics, those are trillion dollar businesses a year each and every one of them yeah and when we then start to automate such businesses the amount of money and the amount of people that are going to be touched by that is it's fundamentally uh, fundamentally different from what we did with the previous generation of changes yeah that's true that that is true so there actually there is a lot of uh, thinking to do here mm really and discussing so that everybody would know that okay this is going on because uh, if you don't know you cannot start to learn something that creates something new for you mm, mm. and so that, therefore it's very important that mm. we have this uh, ongoing learning ideology in ourselves that okay mm. i'm learning now and i will be learning always and i will renew myself when something comes up yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, exactly the same thing. And you mentioned data generated by these systems yes. a while back. And I think that that's just a huge area where we have to make people aware of uh, what data these mm. systems generate and how that data is stored and used. Yes. Um, we talked about hospitals and we talked about taking care of the elderly. We t and then we add robotics with sensors of camera sensors, audio sensors. That is a very sensitive, sensitive area. And mm -hmm. you mentioned edge processing and edge AI. I think that that's also um, we have to create standards for how people keep their data private as their data, yes. but still allow these systems to use the data when the user wants to. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's a different. It's a different, difficult balancing act of allowing the system to do what mm -hmm. the user wants, because mm -hmm. that's what the whole system is for. Um, but at, at the same time, allowing the user to protect its data. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in Finland now we have this discussion going on because we have quite a lot of health data mm -hmm. about the Finns. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, when we have this data, so the question now is, to what can we else mm. use this data for? Mm. And this is actually something that, because of course, when you have this data, there is this uh, uh, wanting to use it also to understand this and understand that and understand. But mm. if you have anonymously given, given that data, mm. so maybe you are then uh, positive mm. towards 
using the data for something else. But yeah. I don't know, maybe not everyone is. So yeah. there is now the legislation process is going on. So we'll see yeah. what they are going to decide, the politicians, but uh, they really need wisdom now yeah. to understand what it really means. Yeah. And because it, there will be lots of more of that data. Yeah. Yeah. And much more invasive data also when we're talking yes. about video and images from our homes. Exactly. Uh, more or less and video and images from, from medical procedures mm. and medical context. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. And what I think about that is that uh, we must educate people so that they know what data is available and what can be done with that. We, we talked about anonymous data. Mm. Um, medical information is rarely anonymizable. I mean, if you take an x-ray, there's no way yeah. to uh, make that anonymous because mm -hmm. if I have you in front of me and I have an x-ray, I can positively say that this x-ray is of you. Mm -hmm. Can mm -hmm. I find you if I only have the x-ray? Possibly not. Yeah. But if we have enough data, there's probably a kind of a finger, global fingerprint that could be made from this data. So yes. although it's really anonymous, I might come scaringly close to finding a particular person yes. because we're all so unique, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but of course also, most people actually want their data to be used mm -hmm. because that's how medication is developed and how procedures yeah. are developed and refined. And eventually I might need that procedure. So there is also, um, if we explain, if we create good standards mm -hmm. and good practices and we explain to people the risk and benefit, there's always going to be a risk and benefit. They are going to be more inclined to share this data uh, and knowing, knowing how it's handled, be more comfortable with that and yes. more progress will happen. Yes, I'm sure, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I would be willing, I am willing yeah. Yeah. to share my data mm -hmm. because I'm sure that it can somehow serve the world, so yeah, of course. And eventually even Myself. yourself, right? Yes, I mean, right. yeah, if we don't help to develop mm -hmm. medication and procedures, we might not have them when we need to, yeah. right? Yeah, but then it comes, of course, to a certain point when that particular data is very important for mm. example in a crime or something mm. like this yeah. so it are, are the we mm. see the police allowed mm. to then dig mm. into those mm. data and algorithms to find that person yeah and what kind of crime if somebody is accused of a very very serious crime that might be okay yeah but if you have a parking ticket is it the same right yeah. please I mean no. <laughs> what uh, yeah what and and if it's a for instance, a crime that uh, has been committed or in progress, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. so th there's many, many, and you, you say that Finnish politicians are wrestling with these issues now, and they are very new questions, and yeah. they're very complex. It and is. as you said, with cybersecurity, if we get it wrong, we can get it really wrong, right? That's I so mean, true. seriously wrong, right? Yes. Not only somebody stole your pictures or, or, or did something with your computer hardware yeah. or your computer contents, but actually out there in the real physical world, right? Yeah. yeah. So this is very interesting. Uh, do you work with anything else that you'd like to share with us? Well, for example, now I have a program in, uh, in uh, Northern Finland. We yeah. have a, a project that uh, try to uh, develop the productivity in travel business. Mm, okay. So in, uh, in, uh, in Kayana, where there mm. is uh, lots of more Chinese tourists coming nowadays mm. and mm. also the Chinese 
skiing group is there for get to get coaching. There are very mm. good skiing coaches in mm. Finland. Mm. So uh, they, there are lots of more hotels built and of mm. course the infrastructure and everything. Mm. So these businesses need to develop their productivity because they are very vulnerable, vulnerable for every change and so mm. on. Mm. So in um, these kind of businesses there are quite a lot of robots already. Mm. For example you probably have heard about a uh, hotel in Japan where they have receptionists robots, the yeah. other one is a dinosaur and the other one is a, human, a humanoid. Mm. So people always laugh to the dinosaur, but if you have small kids... Yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love it. They will mm. always choose the dinosaur. So that's mm. a good example of robotics, how you can then uh, the service design part. Yeah, the design part. Yeah. That, that I mean, you can do the same thing in something looking yeah. like an ATM. And in fact, I have a few times. Yeah. But it but it doesn't give you the same story. It doesn't give you the same feeling. It doesn't give you the same interaction result, really. Especially then if you have a kid, mm -hmm. they would probably much prefer the dinosaur yes, rather than the ATM style machine. Yes, right? of course, of course. And, uh, and, uh, but they did, of course, uh, not only receptionist, but uh, room service. Mm -hmm. So there is in Singapore, there's a robot mm -hmm. that travels around the corridors in mm -hmm. a hotel and gives the room Sarioki service. style. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I was just uh, some time ago. I traveled to Zurich, mm. and I had uh, had a meal with mm. my family, then my mm. sons and my mother, and we mm. had a couple of mm. glasses of wine. Mm. And when I then arrived to Zurich, I was really, really tired. Mm. And in this hotel, there was this most polite reception. Mm. Madame, would you like this? And Madame, do mm. would like? And mm. Madame, this and that. Mm. And I was so tired. Mm. I was kind of thinking that. If you once more say, <laughs> say, Madame, I will punch you in the face because mm. I want a shower, I mm. want my room, I want to mm. go to the bed, nothing, mm. Madame, anymore. But I would have preferred a robot. In, in many contexts yes. we do, right? Yes, we mm. do, because mm. robot doesn't think of me anything that, okay, she looks tired and mm. exhausted and mm. all this. Mm. Robot just gives me a key and says... Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's also so that uh, if we have the choice, we all choose differently at different times, and of that's course. okay, right? Of course. I mean, a wide variety of choice is, is a great thing, right? So some, and sometimes your question might be, here's my room key, I want to check out. Mm. Is this your bill? Yes. Pay with a credit card on file? Yes. And we're done, right? Yeah. But sometimes I might have another question that's more suitable to a human. Yes, of but course. But the choice in this situation is just a great thing, right? It is. Yeah. It is. And it also... That might allow us to provide services in ways that we can't now. We can mm. have smaller hotels that are fully automated of because course. they don't have to support a staff mm. of the same level. So they might be closer to wherever you're going or it just opens up new possibilities. So thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you here and hear a little bit about uh, robotics in Finland, among other mm. things, right? Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a great chat. Thank you. I hope you liked this episode of the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode is produced together with Vvolver. Vvolver is a platform and community providing engineers informative content that help them innovate. It's how engineers stay cutting edge. Optimica is the founding sponsor for Robots in Depth. Optimica rents anything in modular robotics. Dream, rent, build. Visit optimica.com to connect. I'm your host, Per Sherboy. Until the next episode, thank you for listening.